0: Thanks for listening to the Best of Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 12 to 3 Eastern, 9 to noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and FS1. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Herd. This is the Best of the Herd with Colin Cowherd on Fox Sports Radio. Record-setting day, Wednesday in the Herd. Not for me, for LeBron. Live in Los Angeles, it's the Herd. Wherever you may be, however you may be listening, iHeartRadio, Fox Sports Radio, FS1. Quite a night. Last night, records being broken in Los Angeles feel a little different. A lot of stars out last night. JMac is joining me alongside, as always, Uh, It was a fun night, beginning to end. Watch the whole thing. Bad
1: team, great player. (laughs) Extremely disappointing ending for the Lakers. It's, if they don't make a move this week to get rid of some of those point guards who don't know how to throw a pass, I think LeBron's going to lose his mind there
0: in L.A. Let's talk about, for the next 10, 12 minutes, let's talk about LeBron. So this is the way sports works, right? There's winners, there's losers, we have standings, Uh, your first place, last place, greatest this, greatest that. Uh, I can play along. Michael Jordan had the most uh, dominant stretch ever. Shaq was the most physically dominant player, along with Wilt. Uh, I think Magic had the greatest personality, the most fun basketball player of my life. I think Steph revolutionized the game. We don't do this in other businesses quite nearly as often. For instance, in Hollywood, who's the best director? Well, Spielberg does the blockbusters and James Cameron, he does like the sci-fi thing. And then Scorsese does the mob flicks. They don't do it in tech either. Everybody's a specialist. He's best at this. He's best at AI. He's best at the phone. But in sports, this is just what we do. Greatest, worst, first, last. So I'll play along. Um, LeBron James, capped it last night, has had the greatest career in the history of that orange round ball. That's the greatest career. Productivity, titles, longevity, impact. That is the greatest career in the history of a game they've been playing a long time. And it was also the earliest it was spotted. Yeah, Joe Dumars, great player for the Pistons, former GM of the Pistons, was asked back in like 2000 who was going to be the first pick in the NBA draft And he said, if you asked every single GM today, they would take a high school kid. He's playing in Akron, Ohio. He would be as a sophomore, the number one pick in the NBA draft. That's why Tiger Woods and LeBron, that's who I really compare them to. They were spotted at 10 and 11 years old, completely separated from their peers at 12 and 13, And were stars by 15. ESPN was televising LeBron's high school games. I mean, it'd be like if Macaulay Culkin became Tom Cruise. You'd expect missteps, right? I mean, Hollywood devours 90% of child stars, and Tiger Woods has had several missteps as much as I love his game. Not LeBron. It's been masonry. Every year dedicated head down working but Colin there was the decision really still got you worked up get a therapist the China conversation or comment really angry about that my guess is you're angry about a lot 38 year old LeBron since 10 to 11 years old like Tiger Woods was spotted and identified and from that day forward he has separated from his peers last night At Crypto Arena, boy, has the world changed. LeBron was easily, in year 20, the best player on the floor. Oh, I know y'all love that kid for OKC, but does he have LeBron's leadership? I mean, last night was a classic Laker night. Anthony Davis checked out. Emotionally remote. Didn't even stand for the moment. Seemed annoyed after. That's the... That's now what LeBron plays with. Westbrook had a million turnovers, and the Lakers, in the end, couldn't defend, couldn't make a stop, and lost as LeBron was setting the all-time scoring record. Easily the best player on the floor. It's got a Tom Cruise feel to it, and since we're close to Hollywood here, Tom Cruise now is a brand. There's two things that get people consistently to the theater, Marvel movies and Tom Cruise. And there's very few things I see the ratings that get people to a TV set with the NBA. And LeBron's one of them, the Warriors the other. To be this great, this long, this relevant in a completely distracted era where virtually everybody not named Phil Knight was on their phone during the moment is remarkable. And the pressure that has devoured Hollywood stars, people in other industries, all over sports, has never gotten in the way. Simply motivated and elevated the king. It is the greatest basketball career beginning to end, and the end isn't that close. I'll get to that in a second. Here was LeBron after
2: it's been like one of the great rides at Cedar Point in the sense that, you know, your stomach drop at times, you're excited, you're yelling, sometimes you can't, you can't, you can't breathe, you, but you always want to do it again, you know, and um, it's been a pleasure and an honor so far um, in my career. I wanted to give praise to everyone that came before me. I wanted to acknowledge that I'm a historian of the game, but I didn't want to emulate nobody. I wanted to be myself. And, um, you know, if you stay true to yourself, I think you always feel better about the outcome, win, lose, or draw in life. So, um, but it's been great. It's been great. And uh, I'm not going nowhere.
0: I'm not going nowhere. Let's talk about that. So it was an authentic moment, right? He had practiced the hook shot. I saw it on my phone up to the game. He'd practiced a running hook in the lane as if the tip of the cap to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar sitting courtside. But instead, he went with a shot. He's hit <laughs> many, many times. The fall away, the fade. Here it was, for those who didn't catch it, live.
2: Coming to the end of the third quarter, LeBron
0: James, a shot in history. Ah! You know what's interesting as I watch that. The struggles through all of our life change, right? You're in your twenties. It's about, you know, finding some professional success. And then maybe as you get late 20s, early 30s, you want to find that special person. Then it's about kids. And then it's LeBron's interesting. He wanted to prove to everybody a kid from Akron could be great. We're way past that. He wanted to prove he could win titles. We're way past that. He wanted to prove he could have a brand and become a mogul. We're way past that. And I'm watching that last night. There's only four teams after the loss last night that are inarguably worse than the Lakers in the entire league. And that's with one of the top five players, LeBron James. Charlotte is, Detroit is, San Antonio is, Houston is. feels like they're all tanking. So this season, realistically, From the very beginning to the smart people who follow this game. I mean, nobody thought the Westbrook thing was going to work. Come on. This season's been about LeBron and the record. And he's not really a scorer first, although he now, ironically, is the all-time scorer. So, like, Anthony Davis seemed to be, like, perturbed by it. But what's interesting now, and the struggle for LeBron now is very personal. You could put him on the Warriors tomorrow. They would win the title. You could put him on the Celtics tomorrow. They would absolutely win the title. You could put him on Milwaukee tomorrow with Giannis, Middleton. They'd run away with the title. And I actually believe he could go back to Cleveland with that team, with a bunch of good players, and they would certainly fight for it. The Lakers front office will not fix this mess. They've been bad for nine of the last 10 years, and nothing ever ends perfectly. Brady this last year got kind of choppy in Tampa, Ali, Favre, Tiger, it never ends perfectly. Nobody gets the best start LeBron, the longest, most productive career LeBron, and a perfect ending LeBron. It just doesn't work that way. This is about as elegant as it, as it looks, that he is still a dominant scorer, stacking records, Beautiful family, loving Los Angeles, business is humming, and there's always the butt. But this team stinks. It doesn't work. Can't turn this thing around. They got no assets. So the struggle now for LeBron is (sighs) the same one Tom Brady goes through. Man, if you put me on the 49ers tomorrow, I could win another ring. And for LeBron – I go play for nothing in some of these places and win another ring. But what does he have to prove? I think that's the struggle for greatness. Tom Brady will be able to sling it in in his 50s. (laughs) LeBron, easily the best player on the floor. Can't hand check. He's just bigger, stronger. Nobody can stay in front of him. He can bully ball it to 27 a night. What do you do? Here was LeBron on the moment and the night.
2: I write that man in the arena on my shoe every single night from Theodore Roosevelt. And um, tonight, I actually felt like I was like sitting on top of the arena tonight uh, when that shot went in, and, and the the roar from the from the crowd. Everything just stopped, and you know, and it gave me an opportunity just to kind of like embrace it and look around and. Seeing my family and seeing the fans and seeing my friends. and it was, uh, it, was, it was pretty cool. You
0: were watching it, and you were thinking what I was thinking. You could put him on like five teams, and he could win more championships. As he said once in Miami, not one, not two. You put him in Milwaukee, he'd probably get three. Greatness, that becomes the struggle. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. There's a lot of different impacts a lot of different players have had. Um, Magic Johnson and Larry Bird kind of, to a large degree, saved the NBA. I mean, it would have kept going, but you forget years and years ago, pre-Magic and Bird, There were a lot of playoff games that were on tape delay after the 11 o'clock news. I'm not lying. It's true. A lot of empty arenas. NBA had a bad, negative reputation. And then Magic and Bird came in, made us love the game again. Corporate America came rolling in. Arenas were full and the league took off. Uh, Michael Jordan made the league global. Um... I would say LeBron carried the league for 15 years when it didn't really have a direction. It needed a guide. Eastern Conference was mostly awful. LeBron got to the finals virtually every year. And then Steph Curry revolutionized it by making the three-ball, analytically, the shot to take. Uh, LeBron also empowered players to a new level. And that's where I think... LeBron and Michael, we always talk about their differences, and they truly have different games. I always think LeBron is like 30% Magic Johnson. He'll give you whatever you need. Magic Johnson plays the Sixers in a final. Kareem gets hurt. He plays center, scores 42. Magic could give you 28 points. He could give you 20 assists, 20 rebounds. He could play center. He could play guard. And that's why I've called LeBron James numerous times the Swiss Army knife of basketball. He can do anything. Michael was a scorer and a guard. LeBron can guard all five positions in his prime. He once took Derrick Rose, a tiny lightning-quick guard, out of a series in the fourth quarter. LeBron can do anything, and Magic could do it, but LeBron's a bigger, stronger, more athletic player. But where Michael and LeBron have a lot in common is greatness creates imitators, and most fail. So pre-Michael Jordan, big guys, it could be Mikan, it could be Wilt, it could be Kareem, big guys or, 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 you know, bigger players. The post usually led to dynasties. Russell had 11, right? And then Michael came in and it's like suddenly, no, we're going to lead this dynasty. The centers are mostly going to be forgettable guys. Uh, the point guards are going to be forgettable guys. It's going to be a wing player and he can score 60 on any night. And he took over the league for 10 years. Right, like Magic was a point. Uh, Larry Bird was more of a center with McHale. And then here comes this wing guy. He's going to take over the league. And then all of a sudden, that spawned a decade of guards who were smaller than Michael and not as gifted, thinking they could shoot their way to a championship. Um, Marbury and Stevie Francis and Iverson, and they all failed. Uh, They all could have been better had they been truer to who their position really needed them to be, which is distributor first, scorer second. But they took a lot of bad shots. They were hard to play with. Only Kobe Bryant, who was equally at times hard to play with, pulled off the Michael game. They even early sounded alike. I mean, he was doing an imitation, and he got close, but he was never quite as good or as strong physically as Michael. Well, LeBron did the same thing. His was off the court. LeBron was empowering the athlete, that the player was more important than the owner, the GM, and the coach, and he was fond of saying it or at least illustrating it. So LeBron spawned a generation of imitators in mobility, and it hurt Kevin Durant's career, and it hurt Carmelo's career, and James Harden bouncing around. They grow up with LeBron, play around LeBron, see this mobility, and think, hey, if I go, the championships will follow. None are as good as LeBron. None have the leadership qualities of LeBron. None have the ability to see around the corner quite like LeBron. And nobody's really gotten close to it. In fact, the players now who are really running the league have done the opposite of LeBron. They're true to themselves. Steph Curry, Giannis, they've stayed home. Dwayne Wade in his career, he stayed home. Build a fortress. You come to me. I'm not going to you. So with greatness comes imitation, and with imitation comes failure because very, very few people (laughs) even come close to stacking up to Michael Jordan or LeBron. They have that in common. Their games are different. Their personalities are different, um, and I think that's what makes basketball great. Dirk Nowitzki's game looks nothing like Karl Malone's, looks nothing like Kareem's, looks nothing like Duncan's. I love the fact that LeBron and Michael – The two best players I've ever seen play have completely, really, completely different games and mindsets. They just see the game differently. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. There was something that happened at the end of our show yesterday. I'm trying to get through a show without Aaron Rodgers. He makes it very difficult. He keeps going down these rabbit holes and making big proclamations and saying stuff, and it's newsworthy, so I end up talking about him. I I almost got to the end of the yesterday's show, and I was almost through, and all of a sudden, the story popped up. So basically, Aaron has said now he's going on a darkness retreat. He said, I got a pretty cool opportunity to do some self-reflection in some isolation. You notice with Aaron in the last few years, everything's self, some self-reflection. And then after that, I feel like I'll be a lot closer to the final decision. He's not going to have the final decision. It'll just get him closer to it. (laughs) So first of all, I'm into meditation. I'm into therapy. I'm into spending time with yourself. I think we... We, we we run around when we have kids sometimes, and we become like taxi drivers and Uber drivers, and this practice and that practice. We just don't give ourselves time to reflect, and uh, and then you know the better parent, the better dad, the better person, the better employee. We don't give ourselves enough time. So I try to and fail all the time, but I'm I'm for meditation. Um, I, I we're not used to it from star quarterbacks in the NFL. The Hollywood crowd, uh, young people kind of self-absorbed, trying to manifest their destiny, uh, hippies. It would be a lot of people you'd hear this stuff and it just would be like, oh yeah, totally, I get it. You know, star quarterbacks, not so much. So I really do think Brady and Aaron Rodgers are polar opposites. So, you know, Tom's got a real close family. Aaron's sort of disconnected from his. Tom's all about structure and reliability, a method, re, uh, a method to the TB12 method. There's a methodology to it, and there's structure to it. And there's a repetitive nature to Tom Brady's career. And Aaron sort of, uh, uh, you know, it's uh, he's a jazz musician sort of making it up and riffing. He often throws with his feet off the ground. Um, He leaves us all sort of guessing. He's disconnected from his parents. We don't know if he'll be at the OTA. We're not sure when he's going to announce his retirement. And I think the downside to that isn't for Aaron. The downside of that is those around him. Whereas you could count on Derek Jeter, a lot of structure. Count on Elway, a lot of structure. Count on Montana, on Brady on LeBron. You know they're totally committed, so you can count on them. Anthony Davis's issues are his fault. It's not LeBron. LeBron gives you the same effort, the same dude, the same work ethic, the same commitment every night. When you decide to be a jazz musician, ad-libbing, making it up as you go, it's not necessarily bad for you. It may be a better way of life. It is harder for those around you Because they don't know what they're going to get in the offseason. They don't know what they're going to get on Sunday. They don't know what kind of mood you're in. They don't know how committed you are. It's very self-satisfying. It's not necessarily a bad way to live. It doesn't make him more or less human. But I understand trying to find yourself. But he has always been more of a jazz musician. Whereas I know what I'm getting from LeBron. And that makes it easier to be a LeBron teammate. The reason he's struggling now isn't a LeBron issue. It's a front office issue. The reason he won in Miami is because very structure-driven LeBron joined very structure-driven Eric Spolstra, Pat Riley, D. Wade, work out every morning, eat a certain way, commit a certain way. So when you're kind of you know ad-libbing it through life, it's not bad for you. It's disruptive to those around you who can't depend on you. I, I take pride in the fact I show up at the exact same time basically every day for 30 years doing this. It's not just about me. It's about everybody else knows he'll be here then. We can build a show then. We can do prep then. We can book guests then. It's about the people around you. And I think that's the difficulty with Aaron, and I think that's the position Green Bay's in right now. Everybody's just like on eggshells. Well, should we draft a young receiver? Will he be there for OTAs? Is he going to make up a decision? I've said this before. Most great careers are based on repetitive excellence. They're They're based on a methodology. And it's not just for the athlete. It's for the organization and the people around you. If you commit to me, then I can commit this draft pick to you and this money to you and this coach to you and this. With Aaron, it's hard. He's just sort of making it up as he goes. So I'm not opposed to meditation. But even in Hollywood, right, if you look at the great careers, Spielberg, Hanks, Cruz, Denzel, there's a certain commitment and dependability from them. Meryl Streep, go to all of them. There's a structure, and that allows people around you to go, okay, this is what we get from Denzel. This is what we get from Tom. Tom's a workaholic. He's really demanding, but he's demanding every day. He doesn't change on Wednesday. Loosey-goosey Wednesday. Tom doesn't show up Thursday. And that, I think, is the problem with self-reflection, manifesting your destiny, being a jazz musician. Everybody's just sort of all the time waiting to figure out what to do, and I think it makes it harder For organizations, this is why Mahomes was very smart. Remember what Patrick Mahomes did? Mahomes very early said, hey, I'll take less money. What did that send a signal? It's all about winning. I'm about winning. Mahomes structured a deal that was very, very team-friendly. That everybody, the GM, the owner, the coach, Travis Kelsey, everybody now knew, I can't, be a, I can't be a ball hog on money. The best player on the team is about winning. So it sends a message. Guys, if you're about the most money, Tyreek Hill, go play in Miami. If you're about the most money, go play somewhere else. In Kansas City, we're about winning. Tim Duncan, very early in his career, it's about winning. Brady about winning. Jeter about winning.
1: But, Colin, I guess my issue is in Hollywood, these guys who are actors and actresses, you know what you're going to get from Denzel For the four months you're shooting the film. Right. And then it's over. Gone. Everybody goes their separate ways. You know what you're getting for Tom Cruise uh, on Maverick uh, as Maverick in Top Gun 2. You know what you're getting for four or five months. As part of a team, Aaron Rodgers needs to do what you're saying you do. Every day, show up and be repetitive. This is a guy who pretty clearly doesn't understand himself. Why don't I get along with my family? Why can't I keep a relationship and get married? Like, he is... He's not really built at this stage in his life to be part of a team, I don't think. Yeah, no, And I- this darkness retreat, I was reading a lot about it. Seems like a guy who's probably going to retire. He's got enough money that even though he's owed a lot, what do I need that for? I want to go do my thing and ayahuasca and find myself. You can't do that when you're part of a team.
0: Yeah, and, but even the great Hollywood people, it's not like Denzel only commits to work four months for the movie. He's constantly writing. He's collaborating. Yeah. He's dealing with studios. Like these these big Hollywood guys, the Hanks, the Denzel, all these guys, we just see them in the movie. That movie is a two-year process of commitment to directors okay, and fair. money and producers. Denzel's all in. So it makes it very easy to work. You know, the other guy, Marlon Brando, career careened (laughs) out of control. You never knew what to expect. You couldn't build anything around him.
3: T.J. Hushmanzada and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from.
0: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where
1: he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com/slash-with-amex.
0: I don't think LeBron becoming the all-time scoring king, you know, does anything in the LeBron-Michael debate. You know, the, the, it's actually respectful to Michael Jordan that we still talk about him. I mean, that's how great he was. And Michael and LeBron are the two best basketball players I've ever seen. I've always thought Magic uh, got to nine finals, I think it was. I always thought he was a little underrated, actually. People just don't understand quite how great he was. Uh, But he had this guy named Larry Bird in the way and a dynasty on the East Coast in the way, so it took away some of those championships. But the one argument uh, LeBron uh, dissenters say is, well, it's easier to score today. They're right. It is. The three-point shot is now encouraged and practiced. It wasn't in Michael's day. You can't hand-check like in Michael's day. So you can't stay in front of anybody. People can't stay in front of LeBron James. He's 6'9", 250, and in his 20th year, nobody can stay in front of him. You can't hand-check. You could keep Michael at bay. And the third thing is stars, elite players, take more nights off. So a lot of times, I mean, can you imagine if LeBron – If Michael Jordan was playing the Pistons in a regular season game and Isaiah and Rodman Lambeer took the night off, that's what happens now all the time. So that said, here's what's interesting about LeBron's career. So here's the three stages of the three-point revolution in the NBA. And LeBron's played through all of them. So the first about five years of LeBron's career, it was still a power league. Right? Three-point shots only to those that could shoot them. You could have two or three guys on the floor that couldn't hit a three, couldn't hit a jumper. LeBron averaged 27 a game in that stage. The next about five years, the league was pivoting to a three-point league where the smart teams were already in, the dumb teams weren't. LeBron averaged, again, 27 points a game. And then in the last 10 years, it's all in. It is a three-point shooting league. And LeBron has averaged 27.8 points a game. Same guy, pre three shot revolution, pivoting to three shot revolution, all in three point revolution. Same basic LeBron. Why? Because he's never been driven by points. LeBron has always been about elevating others. Those early Cleveland teams, they had good defenders. They had no other star. But in the end, LeBron was trying to elevate C players to at least B-plus players. He couldn't eventually left. When he went to Miami, again, he gave up a lot of shots to Ray Allen and Mike Miller and D. Wade and Chris Bosh and Shane Battier. Could have scored more. He wanted to win here. He wanted Anthony Davis uh, after the bubble championship to be ready to take that baton 39 minutes a night, maybe 42 Anthony Davis came in out of shape. So now LeBron has to absolutely carry this team offensively. I mean, last night ridiculous. Now, MJ and Kobe viewed themselves as great scorers. That's why all these years later, you remember the exact number of points Kobe scored in his final game 60. He was defined by shooting and scoring. Um, That's not LeBron. He could absolutely, in the last 10 years, be averaging 36 a night because it, it is easier to score. Three point shots are encouraged. Stars take nights off all the time. So LeBron's often playing against backups, seventh men, and you, you can't hand check. There's no question. Hand checking would keep a Steph Curry, a Ja Morant. Be hard to hand check LeBron in front of you, but it did allow you to guide players and it made it harder for Michael Jordan. No question. That, that era, it was, <laughs> it was uh, tackling. It looked, it looked more like college football on certain nights and certain rivalries. But that thing, I, I think it is fascinating. In LeBron's 20-year career, and Brady's got some of this, when you play a long time, the sport changes. Tom Brady walked into the league. It was a defensive league. He left the league. It's an offensive league. LeBron was pre-three, pivot to three, in the three. Average 27 a game for all of them. And I think, that, I think that largely defines what makes LeBron amazing is that he's going to be the all-time scoring champ. He is now the all-time scoring king, and he's not defined by points. I mean, I I often think about this. How do you describe somebody like 20 years from now? Because we're all looking, we all have recency bias. I'm guilty as anybody on recency bias. You get worked up in a moment a day. We're all emotional. We all love sports. And I think about how will you view LeBron and a big chunk of it um, will be longevity. Is that he was one of the first athletes, Brady and him, to really take the body seriously. You mean it's interesting? If you're an academic, you're on a college campus. Uh, If you're a writer, you constantly write. People who write for a living, um, you know, they write movies, they write screenplays, they write. They write every day. They keep that muscle going. And you know, with LeBron James, he really understood. it's, It's all brain power here. He was just smarter. He understood very early. He moved his game to the perimeter, less contact in the lane took care of his body, and realized he's a business and he could extend his career by more perimeter shots, fewer times getting decked and hitting the floor, move his game more outside, take care of your body. It's an intelligence. Brady had it. LeBron's got it that they saw around the corner of the league. LeBron started pivoting to the three-point shot at the very end of Cleveland, and then by the time he got to Miami, he totally understood it and was on most nights fairly dependable. One more H.E.R.D.? The H.E.R.D. streams 24 hours a day, seven days a week within the iHeartRadio app. Search H.E.R.D. to listen live or on demand whenever you'd like. Rick Buker now joining us live on a historic night in the NBA last night. So uh, how do you think... Last night fits into LeBron's legacy 20 years from now. What, what what do you make of all-time scoring champ? When I view him largely a little bit more like Magic than Michael, more of a distributor, yeah. an elevator, how does it fit into his legacy?
3: We're not going to know. To your point, Colin, we're probably not going to know until 20 years down the line. Because in part, as it, it, it felt like it was supposed to be a momentous occasion. it It, it should be a meaningful event. And yet, it was meaningless, It's a. it was in a meaningless game in a meaningless season for the Lakers, which is a lot different than when Kareem broke the record, and uh, they were on their way to the finals, and, uh, and and they didn't make as much of it then as we did last night. I kind of felt bad for TNT, because they were trying to make this into a big thing, and it, I don't know about you, but it ultimately did not feel like that for me. So I believe as we move farther away from the details and the specifics of what's going on, we will have a greater appreciation for what LeBron has accomplished.
0: When you talk impact on the sport, I've said before, Michael was greater than Steph, but Steph has really revolutionized high school, college, and pro basketball. He's revolutionized the game. How do you view LeBron's legacy, impact, I should say, impact on the sport?
3: I don't think he's impacted the sport. I believe that he's impacted the NBA, and particularly the business of the NBA. He has empowered players like no other player has ever empowered them. He was the first one to basically say, I don't care about the contract. I want flexibility and freedom to go where I want, to play with who I want. And now... Every star in the league, every star in the league should feel beholden to LeBron James because of the power that he has created for all of them. To me, that's the biggest impact that he's had. And to your point, you were talking about how he's evolved as a scorer. I don't even believe that he necessarily changed the game as much as the game has changed and it's benefited him. It's not as if he made the game less physical. The game became less physical. It became smaller. Yeah. And he happened to be a big man with small man skills. So <laughs> yeah. now he's the biggest guy on the floor yeah. night after night who's able to go from rim to
0: rim. The uh, So I'm I'm watching the game last night, and I'm sitting there, and I know I'm not the only person thinking this. And I'm thinking, mm. he's the best player on the floor. There's a kid for Oklahoma City we all like, but we're talking leadership, experience, body. He's, yeah. a, he's the best player yeah. on the floor. And, and uh, on the Lakers, easily. And I'm thinking, if you inserted him tomorrow into the Celtics Warriors, Milwaukee for sure, and maybe Cleveland, they'd go win the title. And if it was Milwaukee, they may win a couple. Giannis, LeBron. And I'm thinking to myself, here's LeBron. Is he just satisfied because he is so much about details, repetition, efficiency and business He does not yeah. li- he does not like foolishness, nonsense and wasting his time and it kind of feels like now that he's got the record, he's wasting yeah. his time and I'm th- sitting there thinking, Rick, he's not about to retire he got two good years left. Is there yeah. a one percent chance? that he doesn't end with the Lakers?
3: Sure, there is, because he was, he was Colin, he was advertising himself last night. Yes. He didn't say, I still got enough left to win a couple more with the Lakers. He said, I still have, a, I have enough left to win a couple more, or I can contribute to a team trying to win a championship. I thought he was putting his shingle out last night in terms of, yeah. I'm available, I still want to go after this. Yeah. Here's the problem, and I said it when he signed it. When he signed the extension with the Lakers, that created the greatest roadblock for him to go anyplace else. Because you can't just acquire him. You have to be able to create room to take on him and that contract. And while I do believe that he can still contribute or could contribute to a championship team, you're not building your team around LeBron James at this point. He has to be more of a, I can't say complementary player, but he has to be a piece of the puzzle rather than the piece. And that has what's always been the, uh, the conundrum with having LeBron James is that he can be your centerpiece and he can take you there, but you have to build a very specific team around him that essentially no one else can fill. So once you pull him out, once he's the Jenga piece that you pull out, that whole thing is collapsing. And that's why I wonder. It's not a matter of could he do it? Who's going to jump out there and say we have to have right. LeBron James okay. in order to play for a title in the next year or two? I don't readily s- maybe the Phoenix Suns because of their disappointment and trying to get over the hump. But I don't why would Boston do it? Yeah. Why would Milwaukee do it? They they already believe that they can do it as is and why give up the pieces in order to get LeBron just to take a shot with LeBron for
0: a year or two? So listen, it's total speculation. But there have been growing signs that LeBron, and I think it was two years ago post-bubble title, is frustrated with the lack of clarity and commitment from Anthony Davis and reliability physically. Last night, AD was emotionally disengaged. Annoyed after the game. Now, it could be personal stuff, certainly possible. Maybe he thought mm-hmm. LeBron took over the stage for the game, but this team's a thirteenth in the West. The game doesn't mean crap. They're not going anywhere. So yeah. it, it felt like something, and we've talked about moving Westbrook. That's been advertised. Jason McIntyre said that was weird. It it just it is there's a reason it was all over the internet. Is it possible A D at the deadline? Which, by the way, Rick, is 3 p.m. Eastern tomorrow. Is AD right. on the block and has been informed about it.
3: I would be surprised okay. if that was what caused And I do not have an explanation for why. But the fact that he was sitting on the bench and did not even see. Yeah. I mean, we, we have him here. He wasn't even watching when the legendary shot, the record-breaking shot, went down. I guess he's watching on the on, on the big screen, but like the rest of us. But I, it, without question, it was strange. I do not believe it's because he's been informed that he's going to be traded. Uh, if they do make a move with Anthony Davis, as with a number of the trades that are out there right now, I feel as if that the table is being set for moves that are going to be made this summer. It's really hard in season to move a contract and a player of Anthony Davis's magnitude and feel like you are getting the requisite talent back or assets back for them. So I, I wish I had an explanation for you. But it also, in watching it, it also reminded me, when I think about the reaction of the Warriors to Steph breaking the three-point record and the joy, the collective joy yeah. they had. And yeah, yeah. Certainly, the Lakers were happy for for LeBron, but it was really about LeBron and his and his and his family coming out and the and the celebrities that he knows. Like he shared more with them than he did with his teammates. And I was thinking, well, that's the price for moving around as much as he has. Yeah, that these guys really haven't gone through the wars with him. Yeah, it's like, oh, I you know I'm playing a year with LeBron. Yeah, guess what? I played I was I was on the Lakers when LeBron broke the record. Not like LeBron and I did all this and I got to see the record. It was just you know there's there's for every action there is a reaction and his ability to go from team to team and win championships in multiple places the price is is that he now kind of finds himself doing these uh, monumental things. But he's doing them all by himself.
0: Finally, I got to throw KD's name out. So, um, um, you know, I, I've said, and I'm crazy, but if I was Milwaukee, I'd call and say, I'll give you Middleton, Ingalls, and a pick or three for Durant. And then, like the Warriors, I've already won without KD. I could win after KD, but why not have a two to three year run where I've got two of the top five players in the league? Again, it's we're trading deadline discussion. That's why we do this. It's fun. But do you think Durant stays? Right. There's, there's discussions today. Like He's in deep discussions with the organization. What's your guess on what he does?
3: I would expect that he's going to stay. They convinced him to, to not go anywhere once. I have the feeling that they can do it again. I would imagine that the conversations right now are about, hey, let's finish out the season, and then we can figure out where you wanna go and make something work for both of us. If we're doing it now, the timeline is so difficult, neither you nor us has the opportunity to find the ideal place for you to go. And KD has, unlike Kyrie, has demonstrated that he's amenable to trying to do what's best for everyone. So uh, that's, that's where I would expect that the conversations are going. I have no doubt that Kyrie leaving has convinced KD that it's time for him to move. I just believe that he's going to give the Nets the wherewithal to be able to do a better deal than they could in the next 24 hours.
0: Good stuff. Rick Buecher, record-setting Good night. to see you again, Colin. Great to see you. You look fantastic. Um, we'll start no, ha- We'll start no. hanging no. out more now because of the NBA season. Yeah, sounds good. All Maybe right. we'll shave, too. Yeah, no, I'm not going to do that.
1: I'm a mess as no.
0: up here. <laughs> All right, good
1: seeing you. All right. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. I oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah,
2: ski slopes. Let's
1: do it. Um, Tanner, a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait.
2: Did
0: we
1: just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual.